Hello survivors and welcome to Now That's What I Call Survival Horror, the first aid spray show where we talk about the music of Resident Evil and other survival horror greats. Joining me on this episode I have Sherwin. Yes, hello. And we're going to go not on the completely off-beaten path, we're staying quite close to Resident Evil with this episode, we're staying with Capcom. We're talking about the possibly highly underrated, often touted as highly underrated, Dino Crisis from 1999. Uh, it's a game that we covered about three years ago on the podcast, which blows my mind and confuses me greatly. Uh, but it's nice to return to it and talk about the soundtrack, which I know you're a big, big fan, showing of Dino Crisis in general, but uh, you were instantly like, yes, I, will, I want to do a Dino Crisis episode. Damn straight. Uh, I think... I mean, I, I can't really speak for Dino Crisis 2 and 3, but the original Dino Crisis I have great fondness for, and it's because I think this, the initial Dino Crisis was Resident Evil with dinosaurs. And Essentially, some, yeah. And something which really, really works for it is the way that, well, as we're going to see, it does create such a wonderfully... It's like Resident Evil, but you take the whole thing and you tilt it 90 degrees and twist it sideways, and then <laughs> it kind of fits. So there's a lot of elements which are still present. Um, you know, like there's a bleakness to some of these tracks, but in that sort of typical Resident Evil way, you listen to them enough and they become quite comforting, almost, maybe. But at the same time, sure. the, the way they approach things is different um, to how Resident yes. Evil would do so. Um, just subtly, but enough that there's a few different beats to pick up on and so on, which I'm really looking forward to going into and seeing whether you have the same take or you just sit there and go, no, what are you talking about? So that's going to be kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's always fun. There's definitely, I, uh, there are opinions uh, that vary along the spectrum from your choices, let's put it that way. <laughs> so if you've not seen an episode of this show before, basically how this works is, uh, Sherwin has gone through the Dino Crisis soundtrack and picked out his favourite tracks, ranked them from 10 down to 1, and we're going to go through those. As always, these are his opinion. It's all subjective. If you disagree, that's great. Hit up the comments, tell us why X, Y and Z tracks should have been in here and so on. And, you know, if you're a Dino Crisis fan, you're probably just happy that there's a Dino Crisis YouTube video in your recommendations or something. Because it doesn't happen very often. So feel free to just jump in the comments and just say Dino Crisis is great as well. That's that's also cool. I feel like, um, I, feel like so I, wanna, I feel like I want to just create now a Dino Crisis perpetual loop channel where it's just me playing Dino Crisis over and over and over again. <laughs> uh, and just get a 24-hour we'll stream going. That's the thing we should do. That's, that's a great idea. Okay, I'm going to pass the ball to you uh, from this point onwards, so uh, take it away. The, the key thing I will say, uh, I should say before we go into any of these, is there were some really hard choices to leave off this list. I am mm. very, very interested, especially in hearing your take, Si, on terms of which tracks you feel could have made it, uh, and obviously definitely everybody else who's listening to this and then let us know, because there, it was a tough thing to, to break some of these down and say, mm, you know, they can only be top, they can only be 10 in the top 10. So it was tough right. to kind of, it was tough to kind of corner some off, and I, I generally had to cut away some of them because they are just repeats on a theme. So, mm. so yeah. But anyway, the first one is dark and deserted. So, obviously, I picked this one because it sounds like Final Fantasy VIII. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I knew it! <laughs> no, I, I think there's... This one, I think, is... I mean, Well, to start with, this is kind of a fun name for a track. Uh, however, we are very quickly going to work out that actually these tracks are just very on the nose when it comes to how they are named. They are purely perfunctory <laughs> yeah. named. So... Um, so we in a good way though not like when we talked about Resident Evil 0 and they're all named like Trading Facility 7 like <laughs> yeah yeah not not necessarily that but they are literally named after the thing that you are doing in the game um, mm. or quotes from the game so so there we are but anyway back to this I think so a couple of points before we go too far into into what this is one of the best things I think that the Dino Crisis soundtrack does uh, and it 
carries on throughout all of the, all of the, all of the bits of samples there are is it has a heartbeat all of these tracks mm. have a heartbeat which is something where, and it's never as simple as boom boom it, it varies it around but all of them have a central kind of beat which represents which which kind of is a unified thing and when it wants to get crazy it will mix that up and do insane things with the soundtrack to the point where you really can't keep track of anything and it feels like adrenaline is just hitting you and then others it will be a bit more measured or a bit slower or whatever else and it does it with different instrumentation different ways um, mm. but there's always this something that you can latch onto no matter how crazy the, the actual soundtrack can become because it will absolutely will do it we'll get, we'll get there in a little bit um, but anyway Dark and Desert why do I like this track I think Dark and Deserted is... I mean, right from the start, where you have those kind of... There's lots of um, environmental instrumentation in this, um, in the sense that they use small samples or small bits of instrumentation or whatever else to create atmospheric effects. This one, you've got the little, little electrical sparks in the background that sound like the severed cables nearby, that sort of stuff, you know, like sort of ticking away. And that kind of forms a bit of what your heartbeat is. Yeah, then you've got kind of that synth sort of sound that sounds like you've got an empty tunnel just with air flowing sort of wafting through or whatever mm. else um, and as you get a little bit deeper in you've got rattles, you've got echoes of something falling down and then a sort of subtle kind of out there drifting along or whatever else there's a really it's stuff like that that really helps you build the atmosphere, really helps you build the idea of you know I am underground and this is not safe like, there's something else in the facility with me it's a kind of creeping around idea and that's really aided by the sinister undertone that goes through this this whole track all the way building up to a very hard almost resident evil basement kind of hum at the end um really i mean this is probably one of the more resident evil tracks i could have picked off of this um but i don't know i I, for me this this is quite a nice starting point uh for what for what we're going to see because it is something where it feels very um it's very atmospheric. It's got that beat, but in a more measured and relaxed way, which is nice because you're kind of exploring during this segment of the game and not having to worry about too many things jumping out to kill you. But at the same time, there's this sense that that that's building, that's happening in the background. Don't get too comfortable. Mm. Yeah, I certainly agree with this being a great place to jump on for this conversation um, in general about the soundtrack. And also, as what you were saying, it's certainly... The most Resident Evil feeling one out of the things that we're going to talk about, so it's kind of like bridging that gap a little bit. Mm. And yeah, it's I know we talked about this kind of thing a lot, but it really does sort of show what you could get out of the PlayStation at the time. Mm. Um, the difference that jump to 3D was for everything, including music. This is a great summation of all that. It's it's quite challenging, really, because it's a it's just a series of faintly connected pieces mm. in odd different ways, as you said, which bring up all this interesting imagery that add to the location, uh, and all together just sort of creates this really dreadful atmosphere. Hmm. You've got that. It's to me, it's almost like a a hi hat sort of jingle, which had a bit of a mm. mystery conspiratorial element to it. It's the strings that kind of rise and fall are there's some pain in them and then you've got those hollow synths that kind of swallow everything else up and they're all completely detached and just (laughs) doing their own thing and that's what i love about this kind of era of horror music um so really for me all this comes down to is it's just a great example of the sound of survival horror yeah i think that's fair i think uh just tack on to this i know we talked about this before this is an era of games uh where everything was almost there like in terms of for the first time graphics stepped up a significant amount but you started feeling they started being much more evocative of like a larger world but they weren't quite there Mm. where you could be completely pulled in because ultimately something still did look like a collection of cardboard boxes being animated (laughs) you know your kind of backgrounds were not quite perfect or whatever else so it kind of fell to the soundtrack which could be much stronger to really do a lot of legwork on this and as a result i think all of the soundtracks that came out of this era were just so just absolutely stellar in terms of really stepping Mm. up because they were the bit that was not that didn't have a barrier to worry about or a hard ceiling and i think that Mm. really really works so yeah so the next one is where's the survivor
I'm not going to lie. There's a part of me that loves that loves. Is that a double bass at the start? Is that some sort? It feels of, like it, doesn't it? It does. There's a part of me that loves this track because it just kind of sounds like a jazz club track, kind of with a with a yeah. If if zombies attacked a jazz club, this is what's playing in the background. Um, <laughs> I think for this, there's again back to the heartbeat we talked about. There's a definite mm. there's a definite heartbeat to what this track is, and it is. But it's more regular than what we had before. It is something that doesn't ever let you settle. Like again, this is another area where you are walking around and exploring and and looking for whatever's going to happen, uh, and you're kind of going around. But at the same time, there is this palpable sense of danger going along as well, and that's that's really handled by this irregular heartbeat kind of motif that kind of plays over at the top, and not you know doesn't doesn't let you settle, doesn't let you fall into a rhythm that you can kind of really. Um, relax into at all it constantly keeps you on edge and i think that's perfect for what it is there's an inquisitive kind of tone to the way that the actual music works in terms of uh, how it works there is this sense of exploration or the sense of investigation but at the same time never quite lets you really forget you're in a facility surrounded by dinosaurs you're probably dead man walking mm. and i think that's a key thing but now over to you because that's kind of where this one, I must admit, there's there's a degree of me which I'm swept up in a little bit of nostalgia listening to this one, uh, which is possibly <laughs> yeah. why I jumped some of the other ones. So I'm intrigued to see where you are landing at with it. So uh, starting with the positives, and in all fairness, I hadn't thought about the sort of heartbeat thing that you were talking about, and I'm going to definitely be listening out for that moving forward. Um, but that being said, that first bass note that you talked about, immediately my brain was like, ah, oh, John Carpenter vibes. This right. sounds like The Thing. And if you haven't listened to the podcast that we did on The Thing, we talked about the music of that, which is, it feels like it's deliberately kind of placed around a heartbeat kind of idea uh, throughout the music that kind of changes throughout the track, uh, almost like the human and the thing are congealing if you like for lack of a better term um so it's got that certainly and i really like the beginning of it um and if anything nothing else it's certainly unpredictable but the choice of instrumentation here really rubs me the wrong way because like it, it almost has airs of and I, I feel really awful for saying this but it reminds me of the resident evil director's cut dual shock soundtrack Amazing. It reminds me a little bit of the uh, the clown farting mansion basement, unfortunately, because it's it's a tr on a trombone, uh, sort of the main part of this track, and it sort of feels like someone standing on the stage in your jazz club, kind of looking over at his band, trying to figure out when he's meant to come in, because it's like all these half trombone notes that are just going off everywhere for no rhyme and reason. I don't know. It it, it kind of stood out as kind of comical to me more than actually threatening, and maybe that's you know with time it's come that way and maybe it would have been scary maybe it's more scary in context but uh this one certainly didn't necessarily land with me i know steve will appreciate this because i believe it only appears if you pick uh to side with rick and go on his mission and he loves the tracks where you only get to hear them if you do certain things there Fair. you go but <laughs> so so he might rate this but it didn't really do a whole lot for me well that's fine i mean again so much of this uh, to be fair what you're summing up there is so much of the dino crisis soundtrack is is complete random yes town. i've got no yeah, other way yeah. of describing it it's it's all over the place <laughs> so the one thing we haven't said a lot is that also a lot of these tracks much like resident evil zero are quite short loops um so yeah. so these are motifs that you are going to hear again and again and again they will hammer their way into your consciousness mm. um it's not quite as bad as the pokemon battle music from red blue which i can still hear <laughs> when i close my eyes and go to sleep but the point is is that <laughs> that, that you know it sticks around it doesn't leave you quite so easily so hopefully you mm. aren't tormented in the same way <laughs> i think i'll be okay <laughs> fair enough right okay so the next one is located main generator Let's start with this. Like this is an awesome track. 
Uh, all of it, everything. I mean, not that I'm going to say the previous two weren't, but everything from here on is is really awesome, and was a struggle mm. to work out where to put it. So apologies if if you feel this should be later on. Um, I agree, but I can't. You know, I have to be careful. So I think right from the so it's worth pointing out that one of the one of the things that I landed out with this track and why it feels so strong to me is this is really is a track where. This comes very late in the game for those of you who don't remember, and at mm. that point you're in an underground facility where the simple where the fact that you've had to unlock certain security doors and that sort of stuff means that the dinosaurs haven't got in there at all, and you are walking through an area where there are no enemies. But that's so it's it's up to this track and your surroundings, like the lighting and everything else, to really give you a sense of sinister kind of a really sinister feeling to really heighten and provide you with a, a backdrop which feels threatening to you like something mm. could happen like maybe another creature has followed you in after all or actually there's another way where they've smashed open a hole in a wall or a fence or something and so on may find their way down here and and that's exactly what this track does it, it literally grabs you by the throat and doesn't let go is the best way mm. i can describe it like right at the start you've got what sounds kind of like they could be echoes of a footstep and a dinosaur sort of you know that rattling noise that velociraptors yeah. make as we've been all been, which probably never made but as we've been taught by jurassic park that they absolutely did make <laughs> um they've kind of got you've got that you know is that an echo of what's ahead is that an echo of what's behind something is there and then at the same time you've also got back to the atmospheric back to the environmental sound you've kind of got this this instrumentation that sounds like electrical data kind of spiraling through shattered machines or you know computer screens that aren't working anymore and it's kind of malfunctioning and you've kind of got that wash of static and kind of um and kind of loose cabling that sort of stuff i mean as you go through there's a halfway through there's even something that sounds like a distorted echo of a scream as well there's lots mm. of things here where it's very very suggestive of stuff very very suggestive of ideas and so on which are just layering in your head and if you're if you're listening to it you you get really fearful it's it's a really heavy heavy atmosphere this casts and makes you worry what's around the next corner what is that i heard in the distance what's the you know why can't i settle with this you know can i just explore please no wait there's dinosaurs out there i'm safe for now but that now could change any moment and i think that's what's the key part of this track it is something where you know even though you've got to the end of the game you've seen everything that you think you're ready for it still doesn't let go and it still holds you in its thrall and you know and that's one of the reasons why i think this works so well mm. so cards on the table i haven't played dino crisis for well over three years and the last time i played it i didn't actually get to the end so it's really interesting to hear more about sort of the context of this it's definitely worth a replay i, I need to get around to it at some point um but uh even without it i mean context regardless this is such a thick atmosphere to this one it's practically suffocating uh, which is fantastic it's got that clash of sounds that we've talked about already but jumped up to the nth degree uh, the plinky plonky science stuff that you get in all your lab tracks sort of just dithers onto itself sort of just detached from everything it's kind of just doing its own thing horrible nasty synths that basically feel like razor blades tearing through the air this one unlike the last one for me is a just a great example of a mess because it's so threatening because of it mm. you, we, we talk all about careful consideration of slowly morphing ambient music of you know here's the piano part here's the trumpet part here's the string part like you get in a lot of resident evil this one is in your face about how much it doesn't care that it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It is designed to make you feel uncomfortable, and it does it. It's as simple as that. I think this is great. I'm not going to argue with you. Uh, for all the reasons you just said, it's uh, it's solid. Mm. Just just really, really solid. So, uh, let us move on then to uh, The Place is Deserted, though. So obviously this is number six 
Uh, sorry, no, number six is a lie. It's number seven. Uh, jumping ahead far too quickly. Um, and this is obviously a relatively early game. So, by comparison to the last track. So, again, we've got the same thing. And this is probably the first time you see it. It's got that that really very um, high tempo kind of. Uh, again, I don't know what the instrumentation is for that. I'm guessing it's synth, but beating it's through a synth at some time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just beating through the entire thing. And but that for me screams broken computers, electronics that are just mm, not mm -hmm. functioning properly. It's, it's malfunctioning. It's the sound of something malfunctioning, yes. which really fits nicely into this idea of we're here. Something is not right. Something is broken. Mm. You know, like the lights are dim. Kind of, there's no guards everywhere. There's blood stains, that sort of stuff. But what's key about this, rather than the previous track, is that this there's an air of mystery to this more than there is like this overbearing horror uh, feel. Like the the heartbeat of the track is is more regular. It builds. It absolutely does. You know, there's this brass sound in the background that carefully stalks you. Um, but because of the tone, it just feels safer all around. It's not a threatening tone. It's something where it's kind of there as a reminder, like you know, something sinister is going on here. But again. It's still an investigative, investigative track. You're still going through and, and doing that, and then, and of course, as as we both know and love the soundtrack of Resident Evil, that that kind of has a Resident Evil element straining in at the mm. end of the track, um, at the end of the loop, where it kind of starts coming in, just to make you feel. It's actually very, very Resident Evil kind of. I don't know, probably RE3. I think it sounds a bit more like than anything else. But, mm. but you've kind of got some of that sound coming at the end. But yeah, this is just a really good example of when Dino Crisis wants to relax into a groove. This is kind of it. Uh, this is the, the this is the cheerful, happy. You're probably not going to get eaten anytime soon. Kind of track, which is quite nice, um, if such a thing is possible. <laughs> I was going to say, it's funny. I mean, I certainly see what you're saying, but I don't know if I'd describe this as cheerful and happy <laughs> by itself, certainly. It's it's not exactly a happy, happy, joy, joy time. Uh, yeah, spot on with, you know, the context and the sort of the theme that it's getting across. As you said at the beginning with the name as well, the place is deserted and you're kind of entering and it has that early Resident Evil um, investigation feel that sort of beginning of Super Metroid feel where you've come into somewhere uh -huh. something's already gone down and you've, you've got to figure it out and you know and you feel a little bit unsafe about it because clearly something's gone horribly horribly wrong um, despite but not being necessarily as horror as the last track and it would be hard to be more horrifying than the last track in some ways uh, this there is something untangibly unsettling about this piece of music and I listened to it over and over again and trying to figure out what it was because it's got these chords and they're very doom and gloom which is what you'd want and what you'd expect and your echoing sort of percussive noise that we, we love in this kind of thing that sounds like uh, something getting knocked over in the distance making you spin around on your toes and that's all great I think it is that weird, malfunctioning, jittery melody that underpins everything that's a little bit upsetting. It's something about it. I don't know if it's too high-pitched or if it's going too fast. The fact that it feels like it's out of control. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's something about this is just um, immediately puts you on edge. Mm. And, uh, you know, we, we've... I imagine this is probably going to release in the same order that we've recorded these, but considering the last few episodes we've done, which is Resident Evil 2 and 3 Remake and Parasite Eve, uh, they haven't had a whole lot of horror music. It's mm. nice that Dino Crisis has so much, even in its more low-key places, if you like, like mm. this, uh, that it still comes through. Yeah, well, we say this. We go from we go from low key to somewhere quite spectacular next because number six is the now mandatory dinosaur is attacking me uh, music, which is breakout. So I don't really know where to start with this. It's <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's important to understand for those listeners who haven't played Dino Crisis. Dino Crisis has a lot of tracks which are very low-key threatening. 
you kind of mm. you stalk around through the darkness, as I'm sure you can imagine, through this abandoned facility with bloodstains and mauled bodies and everything else, knowing that dinosaurs are out there for the most part, um, finding you know scratches on the walls and bullet casings, that sort of stuff. Um, and you have these brooding um, tracks with, again, as I talked about, that, that harp, that sort of lower heartbeat even if it is something where it's quite regular and it kind of keeps you on edge and that sort of you know electronic pulse that we just so talked about a second ago that kind of thing and then all it takes is one flip switch where suddenly a dinosaur smashes through you know a door or a window and comes to get you and the music will dramatically shift into something and breakout is probably the best example i can think of of what that is it is that you know there is there's still a heartbeat to this, but it sounds like I am being chased by a dinosaur because that's exactly what it should be. It's racing, it's it's um, like it, it's got a staccato thing all over the place. There's just nothing. Mm. The best way to describe this track is it, the craziness of this track is there's nothing you can latch onto, literally nothing. You start mm. listening to like you know you can't nod your head to it. You can't follow it in any sort of way. It's it's a collection of instrumentation just doing its own thing completely randomly to the point where you start to kind of think it's going to go in one direction, it will go in the other. It's it's a series of screeching dead ends and then running off on a in a random direction before hitting a wall, bouncing back, and then doing the same again and again for about 40 seconds and then just looped over and over and over until the dinosaur is dead or you are. And that's the best way to describe <laughs> it. Um, Do you know what? Round of applause on that description, I think, certainly. There you go. I, mean, I, I uh, yeah, I, you've definitely sold me a bit on it with that because it's yeah, it's it is hard to kind of come up with anything to say about this one because it's so wild and I guess it fits in with the soundtrack like that because as you say, it's, it's it certainly matches to the pulsing heartbeat concept uh, that, that you like about this and it, but it also has that unpredictable element that a lot of the music has. Although in its own way, certainly, it's. I wrote down it sounds like a jazz band on a carousel that's spinning way too fast. But now I am actually just imagining a jazz band being chased by dinosaurs, and they're <laughs> and they're all running in their own directions, and as you say, bashing into walls and tripping over each other while still trying to play. I don't know, a grand piano and all kinds of whatever is going on here. It's lunacy. This track. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? You've 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 provided a good argument because it, it it definitely serves its purpose. It's. It's terrifying because it's so weird. Yeah, and it thus explains why it is I had a jazz phase at uh, college and university, I guess. Um, <laughs> of course. Growing up with this. But uh, but there we are. Uh, I'm on Dino Crisis. Yeah, so uh, shall we go to a safer place? Let's do that. <laughs> so uh, number five. Yeah. N- number five. <laughs> oh, no. Number five, moving on, is Where's the Dock? So this track is is um, how to best describe it. Obviously, this is much calmer <laughs> than what than what Breakout is. Um, <laughs> yeah. this, again, same heartbeat um, mm. that you have in mm. this, and much more prevalent, I think. Um, and again, another track where it feels more investigative um, than than you know necessarily pure horror, although there definitely is that out there. Um, the best way to, I mean. In terms of instrumentation, the, the most notable part of this is those same sort of sparks, those sort of, you know, that, that thing that, and you said it earlier, that hi-hat kind of uh, sound. That's there, but rather than being something where it's malfunctioning, this time it's a ticking of a clock. Mm. It's a tick, 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 tick. Um, you know, time is counting down, this, this, sense of, this sense of danger or sense of we need to go and almost achieve this objective because time is running out, that kind of feel to it. At the same time, you've got this pretty straightforward, not too irregular um, beat or pulse to what this track is, but it does sound with what the instrumentation is steering you towards. You know, you're surrounded by shadows. Something is waiting out there. Um, mm. You know, there's, you aren't safe. And the time is almost, it's almost like initially when you start off the track, there's this sense of, 
tick 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 i'm making the decision or i'm investigating something you know i've and that's why time is important by the end of the loop you kind of feel tick 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 i'm running out of time something is going to get me and that's a very that's a shift that happens as you go through um weirdly heralded by a very cute flute sound for a for about a second and a half <laughs> right. um, and then we kind of find ourselves going into this trembling beat that kind of adds a much more sinister level to it but um i, I i'm not gonna lie a small part of me put this in because i know how much you enjoyed the flute in castlevania 4 um but <laughs> yeah it's that's a reference yeah right but um but yeah it's it's an interesting track it's Again, I think it's one that Steve would probably appreciate because you only get this if you do a yep. certain route. But um, that's right. But yeah, mm. I think yeah, it's it's interesting. I I don't know if I necessarily got the investigation part of it, but I can certainly see what you're saying about almost like paranoia, the the stuff lurking out there, and you have to go out there. Um, this track actually reminds me of the composer uh, Randy mm. Edelman. He wrote. He's done stuff for various uh, movies. I think he did the MacGyver theme. Weirdly, um, he's in terms of horror, Anaconda. He also composed for huh. Mask and My Beloved Ghostbusters Two. Um, and he has this way of making dark music that's kind of it sounds sick, like it sounds ill, mm. uh, but also fantastical. Uh, it's bizarre. His music often feels like it's breathing and this has that it feels yeah. nauseated breathing up and down and maybe that's part of that paranoia you know that sick feeling you get when you know you've got to go and face something um yeah it's it, this swirls in the most disgusting of ways and i mentioned ghostbusters 2 specifically because that the story of that film is about a child so he implements sort of lullabies into the sound of that soundtrack and and this has that element with that mm. trill of flute which is sort of like the air of the fantastic which yeah just brilliantly clashes with everything and adds a little bit of nuance to what is mm. otherwise the soundtrack to feeling disgusted it's amazing this is uh, this is so good like dark dank depressing and awful but you know it does it achieves what it sets out to do like like some of the other stuff and yeah super super dark super dark Joe, there's, there's two things that come out of this one is me realizing yes you are 100 percent correct um diseased is the best way to describe this sound this mm. this particular track secondly i love this stuff what does that say about me <laughs> no, right. Yeah. I was listening to like this is awful. I love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. That, that's kind of, and that's really this soundtrack. You listen to it and you go, "I am super into this. This is concerning." Mm. So, <laughs> but there we are. All right. Well, moving on then to obviously a track that's going to be much, much cheer- more cheerful um, is "Investigate the Underground." There's, I don't know. I describe this as uh, I don't know. I describe this as diseased in the same way as previous. Um, and yeah, I'm more than willing for you to to tell me otherwise. But I will go back to the heartbeat many, many times. Uh, in the sense that if the previous one was that, this one is much slower and much more ponderous. It's mm. this is a slow build track. It has a sense of of openness, but also at the same time emptiness, like a void that you, yeah. it's just not quite there you've got this swirling kind of sound that you know of slight echoes from the air ducts or wind there's there's kind of like a the sort of the tick in the background sounds almost militaristic um you know the sense of hey i'm on a mission somewhere but it's almost this futileness to the whole track is kind of what it is like there's the whole thing is just really just this open void is the only way I've got to describe this. This sense that, which is weird, because you're in the underground. Now I know in the actual game itself, this only this track in memory serves happens when you're in the main chamber and and moving around um, in very high ceiling areas. But but there is this sense that okay, I, I'm almost and I'm absolutely projecting from the game experience now. But this is something which perfectly encapsulates that idea of 
you're in this facility where ultimately it's a military facility that failed in its job to resist and to fight back it, it lost that war and as a result this is just the sort of you know this you're now just walking empty corridors you're mm. you're going through a place which is just desolate uh, and ultimately futility and that's really what this track is to me so this one is one of the cases where it's like doing so much with so little it's just it feels like a black haze of sound mm. uh which is creates this what i felt was a really sort of sinister soundscape but mm. futility is definitely a word for it especially with the context that you're talking about there um i put down that this is hopelessly bleak which is you know about as futile as it gets really it's mm. and it's I don't really have a whole lot on this one. It's just, it works so well. And it's that kind of non-music. It's not much to it. It's a few percussive hits and a couple of sustained Mm. notes. And it really wouldn't feel out of place in something like Silent Hill. Um, And it's funny because in number 10, we talked about how that one was the closest to the Resident Evil sound. Um, And this is something that feels so far removed from Resident Evil at this point, and all the better Mm. for it sort of carving out its own identity. Um, I mean, this you could play this in a Resident Evil game; it probably would work. Uh, But it is. It wasn't. It's it's a case where we hadn't heard anything quite like this from Capcom at the time, certainly. Yeah, I think so. Um, It's. Yeah, I mean, you're right. The the most remarkable thing I think about this track is it fits so well to to Resident Evil, uh, to Dino Crisis, and departed from mm. Resident Evil. And that's mm. the key thing. This this is something where there's all, yeah. I mean, there are conceivable places you could see this, you know, in a broken facility or something like that in Resident Evil, but not really, not in the grand scheme of things. Um, yeah. I think this is something where it does feel very much made for Dino Crisis. There's not many other places I don't think you could actually put this um, and make mm. it feel at home. So it's interesting you say Silent Hill because we're going to get on something which I think is insanely Silent Hill in a little bit. Oh, okay. um, but we'll see. But uh, but yeah. Anyway, uh, following on from Investigate the Underground, uh, track three is Lab in the Underground. So presumably we found what we were investigating it for. <laughs> I guess so. So, I'm going to use the new thing. I hadn't put this in my notes, but I actually, in its own way, I like what you said earlier about one of the other tracks. And I'm going to use, like, so So obviously you've got that kind of, um, again, we've talked about it before, that broken electrics kind of sound. Mm. That kind of, mm-hmm. uh, that rattle or, you know, tingle, whatever way you want to describe it at the start. That kind of very high-pitched beat. I'm actually going to say that almost sounds sickly in this particular mm. track and that's not something I'd necessarily associate until you'd previously talked about that but I really like that as a thought now um, for me one of the reasons continuing that futility there's almost like a proud military drone to this that kind of sounds like a drawn out notes of like a last post or something like that it's like this sort of failed bugle is the best way mm. I've got to describe <laughs> it um, you know this is definitely where, uh, you know, this is a battleground where you lost is the best way mm. to describe this. You know, yeah, the beat is slow, it's it's deliberate, it is irregular, but there is a the beat is there and it is slow and it is it's not you know, and it's not necessarily threatening at this point. But then at the same time, there's also this slight bit in contrast to that where a discordant piano kind of suddenly sends you into this slightly uplifting structure to how the melody works at the end, which really throws you. Um, and perhaps makes you feel a bit safer than what you should do. And then you've also got the echoes going on as well. This one's a bit more of one of the chaotic tracks, and it's interesting because it's kind of hidden as an undertone to a track that is inherently either... It's equal parts soothing after the normal stuff you've heard, because it's got a bit more of a regular structure, but at the same time very sinister, 
futile but then somehow slightly uplifting there's a lot going on here and I mm. think that's one of the it, it's a difficult one to try and encapsulate a description I think the music has to do its own words and then everyone will work out what it is they want really what I'm seeing with this is its flexibility this kind of makes you not really quite know how you feel about it when you land and it's almost something where the game itself will imprint onto it what's happening interesting it's really interesting that you say that because I've got whilst I can see what you're saying I have a slightly different take on how it comes across to me so you know you must be right in that in that way you know a lot of the soundtrack that we talked about so far like the last two tracks especially have been all about dark ambience and inescapably so like really suffocating stuff this one has what I felt like was kind of human emotion in it Mm. Uh, about 30 seconds in there's sort of like this string piece which is the closest thing to like a traditional melody that we've got Mm. so far Um, and inside of all the mass of music that's going on that is telling you how unsafe everything is this string piece almost feels like it's pleading with you to leave it's not a warning about how unsafe it is it's pleading with you go now you know don't do what we did don't fail here like we have before as you were kind of saying and then it doesn't really resolve it just kind of gets swallowed up by the rest of the music which is so good um yeah, like like you mentioned, it has that sort of high pitched sort of arpeggio thing going on, which again, something about it is just very unsettling. Mm. Yeah, I, I like what you're doing there, and again, you yeah, the the slightly more uh, creative part of my mind is saying that, yeah, it's it's the ghosts of the echoes of the soldiers, like their death or whatever. Maybe so, is. yeah. And it, and that's what I described as uplifting. You went with human, and I like that description for it. It does feel very much like it just cuts through for this briefest possible moment and then he's gone again Mm. so yeah so these final two I went backwards and forwards on in terms of which (laughs) one I feel should be the top and it is only because the the one that landed in first um, is much more recognisable and players will be much more familiar with that got it to the top I should stress, <laughs> because this to me is is joint top of of okay, just the really fair. good tracks. So um, so yeah, and this number two slash number one joint first <laughs> is underpass. So it's funny you mentioned Silent Hill. <laughs> because yeah. the start of this is all Silent Hill for me. All of it. Mm. Like every moment of this is is that. It's it this is possibly one of the it's definitely the most foreboding track on an album full of very, very foreboding, very <laughs> nerve wracking tracks. And this is about as sinister as I think as it's possible to get, you know, from the from the deep foreboding tones to the sharp metal sounds mm. the whole thing is just oppressive everything in this is an echo it's distorted through miles of just concrete around you just mm. nothing is clear everything is just this kind of like you really do feel like you are there's this earthy weight just you are deep beneath the ground and you are totally lost like you are at the mercy of whatever is down here and there is no escape like the there's no way you can really listen to this and feel I am in a safe place. I am in a, I am in a good state. Like you know, there's just this sense of it's not even that fast-paced kind of frantic running around trying to get away kind of or or am I creeping through an area that's kind of abandoned or whatever else. This is just the absolute depths. This is the bit where you have been lost for the last half hour running around and you've just given up, doubled over, and it's just fallen to the ground, realizing. <laughs> game over man yeah, and that's the best way I've position. got yeah just laying on the floor waiting for something to eat you because at least that way you you, know, you can at least over. close your eyes and, and it ends <laughs> that that's that's what underpass is to me it's that's the best way to describe it 
That's mag- fantastic. I mean, uh, you, you yeah. may think different. No, I mean, I certainly see what you're saying. It's it's funny, especially that you describe this as sort of, you mentioned the word concrete in your description because it really reminds me a lot of another track that you really, really rated highly way back when we did Resident Evil 1. This is like the Dino Crisis version of Concrete Bound. Mm. Except, because it's the Dino Crisis version, it's like turned up to 11. Uh, yeah, exactly right. All the echoing, hollow sounds... Just one never-ending, sustained note that just comes through the underpass and all the clanging and banging and creaking and whatever all that noise is supposed to be. It Uh is pure edge-of-your-seat terror music. And you said about uh, sometimes with video games of the era, uh, the music did a lot of the work for the ambience, especially if you're in an area where there isn't actually particularly any threats, but it, you know they want you to feel like there is. From what I understand, there isn't a whole lot in this area that's actually out to get you. Uh, but this music makes you terrified just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing there, but you will clench your controller as you listen to this, certainly. yeah. Really, really good stuff. Well... In which case, that just leaves us with one last track. Um, but I will, I will do the honourable mention now, um, okay? Because the honourable mention is is I, I, this one almost made it to the list. Wouldn't have wouldn't have beaten these two, but uh, honourable mention is uh, you've got mail, um, which for me is is a key track uh, in in the actual thing. Uh, if you're to listen to it, mm. um, it's what everyone will know from the from the start of the game. Um, yeah, but yes. So yeah, I, I like it. It starts off sort of serene, and then you've got <laughs> typical Dino Crisis fashion. Something just comes through and says, "No, move out of the way." It's scary time now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I love. Right, exactly. It's it's exactly it, and then sort of almost bleeds away to actually no, we're good, which is kind of weird. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So there we are. So yeah, so so that's uh, that's a thing, but. Um, so, so I almost put that in there, but then couldn't quite. But anyway, number one is set you at ease. For me, this is the definitive save room music for survival horror. Mm. I am not a massive fan of save room themes. Uh, I mean, they're nice, and I think the original RE2 is probably the, the better one of the Resident Evil series. Um, but this goes above and beyond that. Um, it's got. It simultaneously makes. You know, considering everything else that's going on, it really does make you feel much more comfortable, much more at home, much safer than everything else out there. It's welcoming, it's comforting. But at the same time, it's got that kind of alarm klaxon as its yes. beat. And that's the thing. It, it doesn't let go of the fact that you are in a facility where something very bad happened. And even. The, the comforting sounds coming through the rest of it, the sort of beat, that reassurance, is ultimately accompanied by, you know, just this alarm going off. And, yeah, I think that's probably the best way I can describe it. It, 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 it doesn't feel jarring, it doesn't feel like you've suddenly gone from running around terrified to a safe place. When you find it, it's an oasis, you get there and it feels good. But at the same time, you just feel, I'm in a security office with a beacon going off saying something is bad somewhere else. Mm. And I think that's the best way to describe it. It just really, really works. It really fits in well. 
I feel like this had to be number one for several reasons. I mean, it's definitely the track that most people remember. Mm. I was pleasantly surprised to see a Save Room theme in number one, because as you've said in previous episodes, Save Room themes, you know, not necessarily your favourite thing, but I feel like it's perfectly placed after everything that we've listened to. And while you're playing the game, all this oppressive music, you really need a Save Room theme like this. You need this moment of relief. Not that the music isn't threatening, it is. Uh, you aren't really safe. But the first few notes really do make you go, oh, thank God. Uh, right. Which is what you want, followed by, you know, okay, what now? Yeah. Hmm. It's it's not heroic, but there's a little bit of hope to it. And yeah, as you said, the alarm bells. Is, I like that this beating heart thing that you kick things off with, we've arrived at kind of like a really interesting place with it, where even in the quote-unquote safest part of the game, uh, it turns out to be something else entirely, this sinister reminder wow. of uh, things have gone horribly wrong here. It's yeah, it's not even something I would have even thought about the piece of music until now, uh, thinking about it with a critical ear. You just kind of, it's it's part of the track. You don't think about yeah. it as being an alarm and then you sit down and think about it and it's like, ah, oh, that's, that's actually really interesting and really clever, really well put together. Yeah. Um, yeah, I always thought this was a really great Save Room theme and I appreciate it even more now that we've talked through all the bleakest parts of the soundtrack yeah. to kind of arrive here. Uh, yeah, super good. Yeah, I, I think the best way to sum it is sum it up and probably the, the, uh, the best way to sum up the Dinosaur Crisis soundtrack is even even the save room song, save room theme you know it segues into you going out to a really scary place by playing an alarm klaxon at you <laughs> and yeah. that's probably the best way of saying it mm-hmm. so uh, so that's dino crisis that's uh, now what i call now that's what i call survival horror it certainly is uh, thank you for joining me show it's been really fun to talk about dino crisis again it's been a while mm. i always um, happy to talk and- about dino crisis I know, right? And if you're watching this and you want to talk about Dino Crisis, again, do jump down into those comments. Let us know what your favourite tracks from the soundtrack are. As Sherwin has said, there's a lot here that he would have loved to include. So I'm sure there are plenty of people out there that feel the same way about tracks that we didn't mention and tracks that we did. Let us know your favourites, that kind of thing. Uh, Make sure you subscribe and go check out our Patreon. You can hear episodes of this show a month early over there. Other than that, thanks for joining us and have a good week.